Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And once again in this season, we are joined by B. Wesley Vance. I'm back one last time. One last time. Those are famous last words. I think we'll have, we have to get you on here again. But one last time for April Awesomeness, your idea to begin with. And we are in the finals. As you will recall, we are in this moment where we have Christmas versus Easter. Gonzaga versus Baylor. This is the end of the end (laughs) of the end, right? Uh, And it's where we all thought we would end up. But now that we're here, do y'all have any any additional thoughts now that we've made it here? uh, Or are you just interested to see what people have had to say? I'm excited to hear what people have had to say. And I'm real curious to see who wins because like we've been saying all along, we've predicted this final matchup but as we've noted, it could really go either way. Um, Cause I think a lot of people's theological responses to this are gonna be real close. And then the nostalgia factor too could tip you one way or the other. So I'm I, ready to hear it. I think yeah. the timeline of when we started this could also play a role. We've talked about this a little bit before we just came off of Easter. Yeah. where It was the second Sunday where we were actually kind of full force back in the church, if you will. And that may be lingering in some people's mind. And that may be what swayed somebody's vote is, oh, we just did that. And here's what I really love. If we did this during the season of Advent, like Pastor Daniel has mentioned, and we've mentioned before, maybe they say, oh, that was awesome too. And they would have then been the other way and said, Christmas Eve is the one that I'd like to vote for. So I think it just comes in the season that you're in. And maybe you always have a, just a stock favorite. It's always been your favorite, no matter what, nothing can change it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the results this morning. It is interesting, and and I'm looking at the results now, and it's actually uh, not near as close as I thought it would be, which hmm. is an interesting place to sit in. So, uh, oh, what's the split? The split is three to one. Okay, three to one in favor of Christmas. What? Right. Really? Three to one in favor of Christmas Eve. This is the Baylor Gonzaga butt kicking that just happened in the same no, way where kidding. the slightly lower seed came in and no, surprised kidding. everybody. Yeah. I love it. Uh, 75% for Christmas Eve, 25% for Easter. And, mm-hmm. and, and people did share some of their responses as to why with us. And I think uh, it ties into a little bit of part of the conversation y'all were having earlier where does our is it just purely a theological engagement or is it the holistic engagement? One of our comments says, I love the emotions and closeness that I have with God during that Christmas Eve candlelight service. It's a sense of renewal, knowing that Jesus is born anew to renew our relationship with God and uh, to bring a renewal to the new year that's coming. It's symbolic for me and reminds me of the new birth brought through in my baptism. Mm. Um, and, and so that was one of our powerful responses, grounding us theologically in what Christmas means to them. The, the next one hits at the other side of this too. Extended family gatherings, Christmas Eve service, excitement and anticipation of young children for the next morning, the magic of Christmas lights while driving at night, listening to Christmas music, decorating Christmas cookies, filling Christmas stockings with small surprises, even for your own grown children, sitting in the quiet after everyone else is asleep with just the Christmas lights on. These are the things that we love about Christmas, right? And so it's interesting, the the both and here. Um, mm-hmm. The the one Easter comment that we got was, why Easter? 
brass, beautiful flowers, and he is risen. Uh, three simple reasons there. I, I think that's fascinating. And I do think it was interesting. Y'all named ahead of time that interplay between the theological grounding of what is happening here, but also the, the interconnectedness of our whole lives coming together in that moment. What strikes, what strikes you as you hear a three to one um, romp in a way of Christmas Eve over Easter in this voting endeavor? And I think hearing the responses maybe and uh, just kind of reflecting real quickly as you're talking about it, um, Christmas Eve is kind of a, it's, it's a different thing because typically that happens in the evening time, right? And so maybe this Christmas Eve idea uh, around the service, around these traditions, they happen for a longer extended period of time, if you will. So during the morning, most people don't have to work. And so uh, Christmas Eve morning, and then you get up and do whatever with your family and you have those traditions on Christmas Eve. And then you're preparing all day for church to go and your family may be here you go to church and you get to enjoy that time. You get to sing the silent night and lift your candle high. And then when you leave church, it doesn't end, right? Because you, you're, you're still expecting the next morning to feel that wonderful joy, whatever it is with your family. Here's the birth of Jesus. Many of us sing happy birthday to Jesus. And I, so I think that I, that was something that I really didn't think about is that Easter, while important, we tend to tend to okay, Easter is Sunday morning. We'll do, if even if we do sunrise service, it's kind of that morning. And then for lack of better term, we're over it <laughs> when lunch yeah. comes, you know? And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we've forgotten it, but you, you, know, what, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And Christmas Eve just kind of spans a little bit longer period of time. So interesting. I, I could make both arguments. You know that I love both, but of course my vote was for Easter uh, ultimately. Um, but interesting, interesting insights. I think you, naming of the build is an interesting, because we named over the course of this whole process how uh, pretty consistently Lent and, and the special services of Lent were, were carrying the day over um, just a normal Sunday in Advent, right? Um, and in each of those own ways, Wesley, as we've talked about, each of those has its own build, each of, you know, because those special services are evening services. You wrap your day around what is Ash Wednesday going to look around. You wrap your day around Monday, Thursday and, and Good Friday. And there's this anticipation and build to this moment in the evening where Easter, by definition, right, they found the empty tomb really early in the morning. It was It's a sunrise, sunrise endeavor. And, and so unless we're going to truly have an Easter vigil in which we are up through the night praying, that anticipation and that build is less. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to where at Christmas Eve, you kind of have an overnight before you get to the kids doing the cute fun thing, right? Whether it's opening presents on Christmas day versus hunting Easter eggs on, you know, Easter afternoon. Um, so we're able to kind of sit with it a little more, maybe. I don't know. Melissa, what do you think? I, I, I love it. I think, you know, I love to hear the stories and the whys behind how people voted. And I really think that, you know, Wesley and you have nailed it on the head that there is something about this, like you can live in the magic and wonder and that extends um, past our Christian culture into our secular culture as well, which I think 
helps you live into the, the beauty of the season, the wonder of the season, the um, nostalgia of it, and the theology of it all. Whereas, as we've kind of named, Easter can be so powerful, and I know all three of us love it so deeply on this, but it can also be, it doesn't hold that length of time. So when you're putting these two up together, even if your theology tick marker, because both of these, you know, are theologically critical to us, absolutely. But if you, you know, if Easter is one tick more theologically important, I think what we've seen is Christmas Eve gets the three nostalgia points over Christmas kind of thing. And so it, it's been fun. I love it. It's exciting. If we're going to tr make this a true sociological study where we call in Keith Whitworth to, to do deep <laughs> dives and, and, and statistical analysis and things like that, I think it would also be interesting to ask the question, what does Christmas's static day on our calendar do mm. for it? Is that a piece that kind of helps increase connectedness where Easter floats, right? With, with the way it works, but Christmas is Christmas Eve is always December 24th, right? We have that static right. day on the calendar. Right. But anyway, I think it's a fascinating experience. I want to thank everybody who's engaged this process with us, everybody who's voted, everybody who shared their why. Um, that has been critical to understanding and growing together. If you would, at some point over the next couple of weeks, find Wesley, find Pastor Melissa, find myself. Tell me what you learned in this, what was highlighted for you. Uh, help us keep Pastor Melissa accountable to make sure that World Communion Sunday is going to be fantastic. And and that, um, that we... I've got a reminder set up in my phone. Okay. Well, and then that's good. And so also let us know if in this you discovered a new Sunday in the life of the church or a new day in the life of the church that... that is just taking on a new significance for you, right? That would be an interesting thing to say, yes, I want to invest myself most deeply in this, right? It didn't make our bracket, but I got more reacquainted with Spy Wednesday over the course of this, which is one of the days in Holy Week that we just don't talk about, but it's got a really cool name. And so, you know, what is this notion of, you know, the historic tradition of assigning, you know, this day where Judas is approached and, you know, commits to, to turn Jesus in as Spy Wednesday. And what does that bring to Thursday into Friday? And so uh, I'm looking forward to experiencing that next year and, and getting to know a little bit more. I also love that where we're ending this, right? Last Sunday, if you were here with us, you got to experience the joy of us celebrating our seniors. And this Sunday, if you come and join us, it is a double header of Pentecost, and we are celebrating our third graders by giving them their Bibles this Sunday. So I love that in the, the timing of April awesomeness, we've also gotten to see some of these days come across our um, liturgical calendar. It is fantastic. And, and no word on whether Matt is going to actually be allowed to have fireworks uh, on Pentecost. Um, but I can promise you this, I bought a brand new red blazer. And so we're gonna, it's it's even more ridiculous than the last one. And so yeah. look forward to that. Uh, pray for Pastor Melissa's allergies that they will work with a flower crown this year. Um, and, and Wesley, I don't know, you got a red shirt, you got a red tie, you got something, right? Yeah, I better come up with something. I definitely have red, but we'll see what I can do. Uh, the 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 bar is high with the red jacket. So we'll see what I can do. That's, that's pretty nice. I like it. I got a corduroy one you can wear. It's hotter than blue blazes. Yeah, I bet, uh, I bet. But, you know. That's all right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
I'm Pastor Melissa. And thanks again to B. Wesley Vance for coming up with this amazing idea and spearheading it through and helping us uh, get to know more about our church calendar and the ways in which God is alive and at work, even in what feels like a regular Sunday in the middle of the summertime. we do move forward, I want to let you know that we will take a couple weeks off here on the podcast, but we will be back at the beginning of June, looking at Paul's most encouraging and and happiest letter, the letter to the church at Philippi. Our podcast during that season will be a companion for a Bible study that we launch here in person at the church. And so we will, Pastor Melissa and I will dive deep into Philippians over the course of four weeks here on the podcast and then have an opportunity to be in conversation with you and anyone who would like to join us uh, with a Wednesday noon lunchtime uh, Bible study companion to this series. So know that we hope and pray that over the coming weeks you will take a little time to read Paul's letter of deep encouragement to the church at Philippi and engage with us in the conversation. And and now that we have gathered together today, I want to issue you an invitation to grow. Today, I want to simply invite you to celebrate all of the goodness that God is at work, not just in those high, holy, special days, but in every day of our calendar. Today, find two things to thank God for. Write them down and lift them up in prayer so that we might be people who experience the goodness of God each and every day. Not just on Christmas, not just on Easter, but today, tomorrow, and always. And now go, receive this benediction, a blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go from this place this week. May you go to encounter God on the highest, holiest, liturgicalist days and the most ordinary days, and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Liturgicalist.